Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My Talkers, it's Tuesday, the most productive day of the week. We're hanging out with Lori and one of our big fan favorites here. Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune is with us for the night of the Golden Globes. Hollywood talk, and I believe we're going to be giving away a little bit of a prize here. Yes, we are. We will take the seventh caller to go and see the Minnesota Wild play the... Who are playing the Jags? The Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, Philadelphia Flyers, even better. Yes. I don't even know if there's a hockey team named nope, the Jags. No, there's a football team named the Jags, but we'll go with that. We'll, we'll roll Philadelphia along. Flyers, and uh, I think the game is January 26th. 26th yes. Okay, yes. so seventh caller, 651-641-1071. And at some point today, we will be playing a game, finish the lyric to win a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks November 10th at U.S. Bank Stadium, and tickets go on sale on Friday, but we are giving away a pair all week. So you got to finish the lyric. It's the hardest game to do, Hmm. unless you really, really know the song well. It's like when the music stops, so does my brain. I would be really good on the Billy Joel ones, I think, because he's so my era. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. You know, you can have your mic off and you can play along. But somehow when that music stops, so does all my singing <laughs> thoughts. Okay, so, um, all right, books. You're a great book lover. I am. I buy way too many books. You do. What mm-hmm. What are you reading or what are you excited about? What's, you know, book that might be coming out? I am excited about uh, the new book by Rebecca Mackay. Did you read her, The Great Believers? No. It was that book about a bunch of men in Chicago who were gay, some of whom were gay, during the early years of the AIDS epidemic. Mm. It was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And she has a new book, which is apparently about someone whose roommate in college was involved in some big mystery and it's now being reinvestigated, and she thinks maybe the wrong person. True story. Been. It isn't a true story. It sounds a little bit like the Adnan story from Serial, like maybe a miscarriage of justice that somebody is trying okay. to get righted. Anyway, she's a terrific writer, and I'm excited about that book. And what's her name again? Her name is Rebecca Mackay, M-A-K-K-A-I. Okay. And also, did you read, this is years ago, and he hasn't written a book in a while, but did you read that Child 44, that mystery in the Soviet Union Tom Hardy made a movie of it. Uh, it was a big bestseller. The movie was terrible. Anyway, that guy's name is Tom Rob Smith, and he finally has a new book coming out this year called Cold Casey people. read this book. It was a really good book. I would highly recommend that book if people haven't read it. But um, that guy has a new book finally. Okay. Probably the first new book in maybe a decade by him, and I'm excited about that too. All right. And are you going to read Age of Vice? I don't know what that is. It's this... Um... Indian writer, Deepak, something, something. It's it's being compared to The Godfather, but it takes place in India. Oh. And it's supposed to be quite good. It comes out like the end of the month. Oh, I'm writing that down. Um, yeah, it's called uh, The Age, Age of Vice. Will you be reading Spare by Prince Harry? I will not. You I will not? I do not care about the royals. You don't. Sorry. That's right. Well, you know what's interesting 
um, about his book and um, and I haven't read it yet. I'm I'm going to get it, but um, um, is that the guy who ghost did the ghostwriting for this book? His name is um, what is his name? J R Mo Moringer. Oh. He did the ghostwriting for Andre Agassi in Open, which was one of the best memoirs I've ever read. And he wrote The Tender Bar. And his he wrote own The memoir. Tender Bar, his own memoir. And someone who I like, who has read 70 pages of Spare, said, um, the book is not a flaming dark, flaming book of dark curses that the British tabloids have made it out to be. The tone isn't mean at all. and I'm only 70 pages in. However, if you're into the details about royal life, about what it's like to grow up in one of the most exclusive families in the world, attend the most exclusive school, what it's like to take a bath at Balmoral, Balmoral or sleep and have Christmas at Sandringham, this book is very rich in those details, apparently. Hmm. And that's one of JR's, like, he's a very good painter with words. I could see that. And so um, it's the kind of details that royal watchers and royal historians will go crazy for because we've never had this kind of a glimpse. Yeah, I could see that description being very, very appealing to the people who are going to like the book and Mm -hmm. also giving a lot of information to me that makes me want to tear my hair out and know that I'm not going to want to read that book because I don't care about Harry's death. Right, Right. (laughs) but it makes me want to reread Open by Andre Agassi. That, yeah, now you're intriguing me about that. That was so good. JR is a very good writer, and it does take a real skill, I think, to be a um to be intimate in that kind of voice for somebody else. Right. Try to be them. Yeah. For the period at least that you're at the typewriter. And I remember just thinking, God. Andrea, I see my God, and then I like. Did he talk about the drugs and stuff like that? Everything, everything, huh. and it's this Jr. He is. If you are somebody famous who wants to do a book, and people believe that your book will sell a lot, Jr. is the go number one ghostwriter that people want. He's the guy. What if my life is so boring that nobody would want to read about it? Could he make up some interesting <laughs> details for me? <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah. But, like, if Cher ever wanted... Like, I wish Barbara Streisand would stop with writing her book on her own terms and just let Random House hire J.R. And I don't even know if J.R. is a man or a woman. You know, we don't... It is a man. Okay. Yeah, because the tender bar. Right. I did see that movie. I wanted it to be so much better than it was. The book was really good, but, yeah, the movie wasn't very good. Okay. But Barbara could just turn over everything to J.R. She's been writing that book for 10 years. We're never going to get it. Or if Cher wanted to do a book. I mean, Barbara is, what, 81 or something like that? Yes. She's not getting any younger. No, I know it. She. I think. I think that... I think Barbara right now is having a hard time with all these 21 million headlines about Prince Harry. She would be of the school where you would not do that much telling. Even though that's what we want. Yeah, so Please you don't think she's going to be story. spilling any beans about John Peters or Elliot she, That's Gould. what we want. Yeah. Is she waiting we for need everybody? We the unauthorized biography of Barbara Well, Stryker. that's been out there. Those have been out there. But it's still not the same as when you get a really good man. Like even Keith Richards, his book Life, his memoir was fantastic. Who goes wrote that one? 
I don't know that Jr. did, but I don't know that he didn't. But the thing that was unique about Keith Richards is he turns over like the wild night that they got chased by the sheriff in Tennessee and they had their car panel doors inside were packed with drugs and and everything. Um, he let the, the sax player, whoever he was with, tell the story of that night because he was so drunk and he ended up in jail. So anytime he's like out of it, he turns over the storytelling to someone who was there that night. And that was kind of an interesting memoir technique that I don't know that I've ever seen or read before. It's written by James Fox. He's a very renowned British writer. Oh, that's who Keith Richards got. Keith Richards got to write his book. Yeah. But Life. so he like, you know, when he was arrested, you know, for and he was a heroin, he just like, well, they, you know, so and so was with me. So I turn over the story to them. That's a smart idea. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Barbara Streisand version would be anytime she gets too full of herself, she just turns over the storytelling to James Brolin or somebody <laughs> else go. to there fill in the go. details. All right. Listen, we come back. Um, I gave Chris one small assignment today and the good uh, movie critic that he is, he's taking us up on our random thoughts. So he's coming back with some Golden Globe random thoughts. It's just random. That's all it is. All right, what kind of random Golden Globe thoughts do you have for us, Chris Hewitt? Well, it starts with a trivia question for you. What movie do you know won the most Golden Globes? Wow. Is it in the last 20 years? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to think of a movie that just swept and razzled, dazzled the hell out of, I'm going to say Moulin Rouge. Good guess. And maybe almost in a similar vein. It was La La Land. Oh. One seven. Seven. Yep. Both Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone won. Damien Chazelle won for directing in the screenplay. It won for best picture. It won for best score. And it won for best song. Will Babylon do a repeat? It will not. No, it There's won't. way too much vomiting in Babylon. Yeah, and diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. What, what yeah. happened there <laughs> with that movie, Chris? I mean, I think it's an interesting swing, but you can't quite tell. It feels like they filmed enough maybe to make a miniseries, then tried to figure out how to make it into a movie, mm-hmm. and they maybe didn't keep all the right parts or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's stuff that seems like it could work, and it just... To me, did not. I didn't care about any of those people. Did you see it? I haven't seen it, but um, Holly saw it, and she said, she said, I think if you like to know inside Hollywood stuff and kind of the inside joke, I think you'll like it. She said, I don't think the average movie person, and, and my nephew took a date. He's 28 years old. He took a date to that movie, yes. and he just said it was a disastrous <laughs> date movie. And he goes... I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was about. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, and I think okay. that is a big and part of the problem. And you know Hollywood stuff. I do. And honestly, to Holly's point, if you wanted to see a movie that kind of is about those mechanics, because it takes place in the time when Hollywood is shifting from silent movies to sound movies, mm-hmm. the movie to see is Singing in the Rain, which does all, all of the of exact same things better and with much less vomiting. Okay. okay. So <laughs> right. I would go that direction yeah. rather than okay. Babylon. Yeah, Babylon flopped hard, didn't it? It did. And in a way, you could kind of see it coming. I mean, it it isn't the kind of movie people are really going to now. It costs a lot of money, and mm-hmm. uh, oh, and it was made by yeah, like uh, that's Damien, the connection you were yeah, making. La, 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 I just got there. Sorry, yeah, it took me about and a... you know what? Um, uh, that was 
that movie isn't it doesn't hold up. La like La it was Land. a lot of buzz for kind of a depressing movie. It's a surprising movie to have won the most Golden Globes of all time. Yeah. I mean, I guess part of the deal is that its awards were all in kind of the upper tier categories that the Globes has. Yeah. That the the Globes doesn't have the Oscar awards like special effects and all those kinds of things, which most of the movies that have won the most Oscars have have won. Anyway, uh, oh, this also could be a trivia. Sharon Stone famously sent watches to all 80 whatever members of the Globes uh one year and for casino it, no it okay. wasn't for the casino it was actually for the muse but that wasn't my trivia question okay. uh and she they ended up having to return the uh, the watches, watches <gasps> but they had their intended effect because they already had gotten the generosity of Sharon Stone and they did give her a nomination for the muse which by the way nobody, nobody else gave her a nomination for nobody saw and nobody saw uh would you like to guess what kind of watch watch it was was it a bulova oh interesting it was a coach oh it was a coach those are affordable really affordable yeah i think it was like a 350 dollar <laughs> yeah i was going to say 80 times 250 it's budgetable and they were, i think i think that she had gotten them for free anyway probably so, yeah. probably uh, jeez that's a bad look yeah. Yeah. The second generation Hollywood person who brings awards out to the presenters is always a son or a daughter of somebody famous. Yep. So like famously, I do know people that have like I remember the first guys I think were Pierce Brosnan's sons. Oh. They were like the first male or one of the first male because it's always been daughters that have been Miss Golden Globe. Well, they used to be called Miss Golden Globes, which is a lot more fun name than what they call them now, which is the Golden Globe Ambassador. Yeah, no, I just call them Miss Golden Globes and I hope they show off some globes. Globes. Well, (laughs) in recent years, someone who won a Golden Globe had shown off her globes Gold. as a Miss Golden Globes about 30 years prior to that. Was Any that, um, guesses? Oh, uh, uh, let's see. God, well, Dakota Jans- Johnson isn't old enough. Um, Both? Jay- Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I don't know if she was one or not. Mm-hmm. I not, can't remember her winning either. It no, was, okay. I'm thinking of Laura Dern. Oh. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, Lord Dern. Who had been Miss Golden Globes and whose mom, Diane Ladd, Ladd. also is a Golden Globe winner. Although Bruce Dern, her father, Bruce is a nominee Dern. who has never won. Okay. So... Um, 
Laura huh. Dern is the voice of Michael Imperioli's wife in The White Lotus, if you're wondering. Yeah, doing a little favor for Mike White, who yeah. created that. Oh, gosh, I keep meaning to watch that show. I never watched it when it was originally on HBO. What? White Lotus? No, no, no. The one that the two of them did together. What was that called? Unrequited or un... I don't know what it was called, but Something it like was, that. people loved it and nobody watched it. Right. I got to watch that show on HBO Max now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for putting that in my head. All right. I'm sorry welcome. for this little trip into my right, brain and right. random thoughts. <laughs> but Is here's it another random thought. love or? No, it's not called unrequited. It's a one word title, irreversible yeah, or sh- unreliable or. The critics loved it and the audience never found the show. I want to say there were maybe two seasons of mm-hmm. it. It was when she was in a little bit of a career lull. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued to see tonight uh, about this random thought if Jared Carmichael will mention the fact that this time last year, the Hollywood Foreign Press, which gives out the Globes, mm-hmm. had zero black members. It yeah. seems like that's something he's probably going to need to address. He needs to, and he needs to make a joke that that's why yeah. they hired me. They asked every black actor in Hollywood. I mean, these you know, he's got to make... It's a, the elephant in the room. Yes, please. Uh, a few years ago, Natalie... Portman, Portman introducing the directors and the the all male nominees are for best director and then she said the names and she could do it again this year if she were going to be there which I'm yes. assuming she isn't because no. this year again all five all of the nominees are men are men okay and uh, we don't even know who Mr. and Mrs. Golden Globes are if they, they could, could even dig them up. Yeah, I mean, they, I, there's got to be somebody with all these Nepo babies running around Hollywood. <laughs> Maybe, but it seems like even the children of old Hollywood are spurting I mean, hello, I'm looking at you, Delilah Hamlin. Don't think Lisa Rinna, your mom, didn't try and get you this job. <laughs> hey, maybe that's how Kayaka Gerber could get her foot in the door at the Globes. Right. Be Miss Golden Globes. <laughs> right. Um, do you know how many Oscars Tom Cruise returned when all of this kerfluffle started? Oh, how many Globes? Or I'm sorry, how many Globes? He returned yeah. three. Correct. Would you like to try naming the movies he won them for? He returned um, Vanilla Sky. No. He returned Born on the Fourth of July. Yes. Jerry Maguire. Yes. And what's the last one? Magnolia is the other oh, one. Oh, Magnolia. Yeah, he was good in that. Uh, one uh, one of the ways we talk about the Globes is that they're kind of a precursor to the Oscars, which is not really the case because really the categories the don't match up. So I would say look at the SAG Awards instead. Tomorrow. There's a much better much precursor better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Listen, we come back. What are we talking about? I don't know. It's a chef's surprise. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for those random thoughts. Hello, it's Lori here for Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters. And uh, if you're looking for a night out served, like with a really great meal, a choice of some fun shows, maybe a nice vintage cocktail like a pink squirrel, here's what's happening. Footloose closes in three weeks. That is a great show. Uh, the Chan knows how to do a splashy Broadway musical. And coming up, they've got a brand new show, won the Tony in 2019. It's called The Prom. And this show has amazing music. It's based on a true story about a girl who just wants to bring her girlfriend to the prom, but the town isn't having it. And these four quirky Broadway stars rush in to help her stand up for who she is. And they're on a mission to change hearts and minds. And what follows is really funny and charming. I can't wait to see this show. It starts February 10th. Um, don't miss it. We already have our tickets. And also, they've got awesome tribute concerts at the Chan. Go to Chan 
Hassandt.com for your tickets. In an ideal world, divorce wouldn't happen. In the real world, it happens every day. This is Ann Tressler with Tressler Law. It's important to remember that your divorce is a legally binding contract that affects everything you own, everything you owe, and your right to raise your own children. You need an attorney that understands the law and how it impacts your family. Family law is all we do at Tressler Law. For your free one-hour divorce consultation, please contact us at TresslerLaw.com or MyTalk keyword divorce. Uh, did we have a happy winner a while ago for the wild tickets? Yes, yeah, uh, we did. Uh, she was very excited. Sarah from Delwood, Minnesota. Wonderful. She's never won here before. She was very, very excited. And all we've right. also got those Billy Joel, That's Stevie right. Nicks tickets coming up at some point in time today. So listen in for that. Keep listening. Okay, so Chris Hewitt has seen the prom on Broadway. Oh! When the year it won the Tony. Correct. 2019. Wow. That wow. spring, yeah. And because, I saw the tour when I came here. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I've the Chan is the first one to get the prom. They usually are the first... Like when something runs on Broadway, you know, after there might be a traveling show, but they're usually they're always like the first regional theater to get the rights to stage something. Yeah, and they were telling us that yeah, you know, they would have done a longer run on Broadway, but then twenty twenty happened. Well, and it wasn't a show that people knew because it's an original show debuted in twenty nineteen. Wins the Tony and. Right, yeah, yeah, so many of those shows are, you know, based Legacy. on the life of Tina Turner or whatever. Yeah. But I think Chan Hassan, I, you know, obviously I haven't seen it, it hasn't started, but I think it's a perfect show for them because in some ways it reminds me of Hairspray, which we were talking about earlier. It has these Love. great songs. It's really funny. It has a heart. And probably the best thing I've ever seen at Chan Hassan was their production of Hairspray. Hairspray, so yeah. I think Michael Brantisi is going to knock it out of the park. I do, too. And and Todd Peterson. I mean, we already know some of the people that are going to be in it. And Yeah, Todd Peterson will be great. Yeah, so we'll see you on opening night or the media night there. I know I'm signed up for reviewing it. So, yeah, I think okay, I'll good. be there on that media right. night. Yeah, yeah, so will I. Okay, so speaking of um, just... You know, movies and everything. So the person who I just think is the most insufferable person in Hollywood. Lin Manuel Miranda? No, no. Oh, in Hollywood. Oh, in Hollywood. Hollywood sorry, sorry. The most insufferable person, the princess of um, privilege, uh, but who's always trying to act like she can relate to the little people. And you just know she was a mean girl in high school. <laughs> yes. Can you guess who I'm talking about? I can. Who? Gwyneth. That's ah, ding, right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that is right. So she was, I don't know what she is making the rounds for, but I mean, no matter, there are many examples, of, no matter what she talks about, it's always, she's always just insufferable, I think, <laughs> in what she says. And I'm not sure what she's promoting Probably it's, some lentil cookbook or it's not even cookbook. It might it might be product. Yeah, who knows? You know, she's uh, uh, she was on James Corden last night, and Hillary Swank was on also, who oh. got nominated for a Golden Globe for Alaska Daily, and oh, I do she? expect her to be there tonight. And geez, I saw a photo of her in the Golden Globes post that Grant posted um, the year she won everything for Million Dollar Baby. I have to admit I, admit I watched that Alaska Daily Show and like uh, it. I like it, too. So I kind of hope she wins. I do, too. Mm -hmm. I like that show, and she hit her pregnancy. Yeah. 
Yeah, the whole time. The whole she time. She was pregnant? She yep. is pregnant. She is currently. You could have knocked me over with a... Wait a minute. How yeah. old is Hillary Swank? 48. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she was talking about how she had to hide it the whole time because yeah. she didn't want to like bring attention to it. And, and I love her boss in that show. You know, what's his name from Scandal? Jeff, whatever his name is. That Harry. actor. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's an old great. Steppenwolf theater guy. He's been in our studio. He's been because the Guthrie. He started. Oh, sure. He was at the Guthrie a couple times. But um, anyway, so it's Gwyneth and Hillary Swank, and I was glad that at least James Corden had the good sense to have hmm. Hillary sit the closest to him. She's won twice as many Oscars as Gwyneth. Thank you very much. <laughs> but you have to listen. This conversation is so. Hollywood. It's so goopy. Uh-oh. It's just well, we'll we'll just take a listen. Right. You both came up in the late nineties, which is having quite the renaissance at the moment. The fashion, the music. What was it like for both of you being so famous at a time when there was no social media, no nothing? What do you remember about that time? You 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 won your Academy Award in nineteen ninety nine. That's Hillary. So. I think I was right after you in two thousand. They do feel like they don't know. <laughs> you, you were really famous in the 90s. I wasn't. You were famous in the 90s. No, because Boys Don't Cry came out in 1999. So, oh. I mean, unless you call the next Karate Kid and all that. Dude, right. But what was it like? That's, I can't imagine it was, it was amazing. I mean, talk about doing cocaine and not getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> like just, you could just be at a bar and be like having fun, dance on a table. You could no camera you know, phones. No, no camera phones. Camera like phones. you could, especially in New York. Interestingly enough, there were no paparazzi. Like you could stumble out of a bar and go home with some rando, and <laughs> no one would know. So <sighs> she tells us too much. Here's the thing. <laughs> Those shows have a Mm pre-interview where some assistant meets with the star Mm -hmm. and says, what would you like to share with James Corden's Mm -hmm. audience tonight? So Gwyneth Paltrow apparently said to that poor intern, Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about going home with randos and snorting cocaine off of people's stomachs because I think it makes me more a person of the people or something. That's weird. I know. Because that is a strange question to begin with. Who says, what did it feel like to be famous? Truly famous. And, you know, Hillary Swank, well, Boys Don't Cry, we didn't know who she was till that movie. True. And when they were the whole, you won your Oscar, did I? Gwen said, did I? (laughs) Win an Oscar in the 90s. And I'm like, girl, you are not. You are not. You know, she does. She just tries so hard. She's just accidentally insufferable. I do think... James Corden is a strong candidate for that insufferable award Same. you're giving to. Right. So, and I'm going to give him a lot of the blame because he initiated that. He did. He did. And camera phones. Nobody calls them camera phones. <laughs> and it's not like, okay, the, the internet wasn't even invented until 2002. So, I mean, it's, it's only in the last 20. I mean, I don't know. And then no social media. And of course, you know, there's James Corden getting in so much social Media, hot water, he really is kind of toady. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, just that one made me, yeah. Doing cocaine and not getting caught. And it's just like Gwyneth, Gwyneth, Gwyneth. Is she planning a line of T-shirts or something? or Coke spoons, maybe? And, you know, the thing, the thing that I guess I 
you know, and it, it is true, you know, and I couldn't even say the 80s were even wilder than the 90s, but I think the 90s were as wild as the 80s were. If you were in your 20s, whatever age you are in your 20s is your wild year, wild years. But the last group of 20-year-olds that really got to enjoy that, it's, you know, might be like in their late 30s right now. Because otherwise they're doing it in public. And, Everything's and, documented, yeah. you know, going forward from like 2002, you know. So anyone, your 20s is the time when you are the wildest. Well, poor Apple, who is... Yes, I know. Now has to do... And the other thing that just I would just say to Gwyneth... Uh, I would just, as as I know she's trying to relentlessly try to be one of the cool kids. And, you know, she's turned 50, which is shocking, I know. But um, the thing I don't, the other, if she really wants to get on the cocaine bandwagon, I mean, the beauty of cocaine in the 80s and 90s, we didn't have to worry about it being cut with fentanyl there you and go. dying. There you oh. go. And so now it is very dangerous. It really is a more dangerous thing for younger people to Mm -hmm. experiment with because of the cheaper way that people cut the drugs with. You had Mm -hmm. more beauty. So if Gwyneth wanted to be truly freaking helpful, (laughs) she could have had a cocaine PSA. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And maybe not the time to be singing its praises. Not the time to be singing its praises because it really is. And I've talked about this with, with friends, you know, and they're just like, yeah, it's, terrifying because mm-hmm. like maybe in the 80s or 90s it'd be cut with talcum powder or you know a laxative, a laxative or yeah yeah something like that but now they can just it's so it's really really is terrifying but a psa for anybody just not saying encouraging yeah. it at all but they do a lot they have test strips at like drug stores so you can test it to see if it's laced with fentanyl. No, wow. that's, that's, that's a PSA. See, no, when it's just trying to be helpful when you're yeah. trying to Sorry be cool. To, like, and then the randos, hello, the 90s called and they'd like their na- that word back. <laughs> Nobody says rando anymore. I'm yeah. pretty sure that one can be retired and wait till it becomes cool again. Well, and I didn't see that interview, but I'm kind of picturing Hillary Swank sitting there. Don't include me in all this, sister. I was happily married to Chad Lowe at the time. Yeah, she wasn't was adding anything to the conversation. In fact, she looked like she was protecting her baby bump and scooching away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, I want to ask you real quick, what do you think of Netflix adapting Anthony Doerr's book, All the Light We Cannot See, into a limited series. I'm intrigued. I, you know, like everyone, love, love, love that, love that book. book. Love that book so but much. But also, because I often think this when I love a book, I could not see how it could be adapted into a movie. There's just way too, too much, much going on. It's too much about the passage of time. Yes. It, it never was going to work as a movie. And it I was agree. at one point kind of sold, I think, to the movies, and there was talk of it. So I think a miniseries is a much smarter way to go. Yeah, and it looks like they've cast unknowns in those two lead roles based on that cast list. There's yes. some Mark Ruffalo and people in supporting roles. Lori, which, smart, smart. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it seems to me like they're making some good moves. Yeah, I know that is, and I want to see that. Like I imagined the kind of fortress-like thing and the flooding and all that stuff, but I am excited to see that realized on film. Yeah, you know, I um, read that book when I was on a. Um, river cruise in France. Really? Yeah, and even though I wasn't up in the north, up north, I was on the Rhone and the Sone, but it was such a amazing book because we there were a couple of places where we went where 
the town or the village, wherever we were going to, you know, as you're traveling along the river, where the bridge was half standing. It still hadn't fallen down, but it was a remnant of bombing from World War II and, you know, seeing the French countryside and then having been in Paris. Yeah, that book is so indelible in my mind because I got to read that book deliberately picked it out to bring on a trip because I was like, I'm going to read historical fiction on my French river cruise. Yeah, I'm picturing you in your stateroom looking out the window at crumbling bridges while smearing stinky cheese on crackers. Oh, yeah. And we went with my aunt and uncle and Casey was so mad at me. He's like, all these people are so old. What are we doing? We're too young. But it was just, (laughs) it was a, you know, you couldn't drive all of that in France. You'd have to take a couple weeks. So you can see a lot on a river cruise. Oh, yeah. I totally have FOMO on those river cruises. Yeah, yeah. Every time I see the ad before Masterpiece Theater. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're like, oh. All right, listen, we come back. We're going to Hollywood speak. Oh, Chris, I have selected Hollywood speak for you specifically today. So it's movie stars and it's fantastic quotes that you're going to just, you know, flip it upside down and give us the Hollywood speak. I'm excited. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, so here we go. So Brad Pitt, who, I mean, his Babylon movie and his little, you know, march for the Oscar for his one scene in Babylon with Gene Smart. This is what I've read, that they're nominating them for that supporting. But it's hard to nominate and get much going for a movie that's flopped so hard, that's made $15 million when it costs two fifty, and it's been out for three weeks. So they did the... Stage paparazzi photo of Brad reading a script in a cement lawn chair and his topless girlfriend with their back to us, mm-hmm. conveniently covering her topless top. Yeah. And and now Brad's on, you know, and he's got some messiness in his life. He's hmm. being sued in a couple different ways. Angelina, business partners, he's had to sell plan B. Brad is... You know, Bullet Train didn't do as well as they wanted it to. They were thought they were kind of positioning him as like a Tom Cruise sort of, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the you New know, New Orleans stuff. Yeah, so the high of all, you know, the um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that high of Brad, whenever that was, 2019, mm. 2020, all I know is I saw Brad and Jen backstage at the SAG Awards that year. I mean, he was radiating positivity and handsomeness but it's hollywood's a rough town two or three years later now it's you know it's box office yesterday yeah and he never has fastened on a franchise no way tom cruise his contemporary has no no or clooney yeah you know or keanu yeah i mean he is kind of you know and i like we like that about brad pitt but I worry he wasted some of his beautiful years doing dumb movies, but whatever. It's too late now. He's 59, and he is one of the cover stars for W Magazine's Great Performances of the Year, which they picked Brad and Babylon as being one of the great performances of the year. Do you agree? No. That is publicist-generated. Okay. <laughs> it isn't. It just isn't even that great of a part. Okay. And that's part of the problem with the movie, too. Like, Gene Smart, the Oscars are salivating to Oscar to nominate Gene Smart for Best Supporting Actress for yeah. something. And it just isn't the part that could get her that nomination. Well, they're... They, they're, they're trying. They're trying. I don't think it's going to work. So he's 
promoting Babylon. And now it's feeling awkward as the public because we already know that nobody's going to see this movie, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, he shared with W yesterday that his steamiest sex scene was one that happened on Dallas in 1987. You know, when he was 23 and the girl was 15 and she became his girlfriend. And I'm like, who vetted this story? This is not a good story to tell as your best sex scene. No. And it's wrong because Thelma and Louise is his best sex scene. Of course. Hello. Hello. That's the story you give us. That's the story the public wants. And it has the benefit of being true. And the benefit (laughs) of being true. And he does tell a Mr. Smith story that they crashed a wedding when they were filming at this downtown. It's the first time I think he's ever talked about Mr. Smith. But here's here's what he had to say when the talk turned to Babylon. Hmm. And his character they played. And that he seemed to be a world-weary, silent film star. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Here's what Brad said about playing that world-weary film star. Sadly enough, that melancholy may be my natural mode of being some congenital melancholy. Wow. (laughs) Well, you said you haven't seen the movie, right? No. Well, I don't want to say a spoiler, but that that is uh, almost sounds like a cry for help, yeah. to tell you the truth, based on the route his character takes. Yes. Yikes. Okay. I mean, I can't. Wait, let me read it again. But Brad, knowing such big words, congenital melancholy. Wow. I mean, is that... PR fed? You know what I'm going to say is the charitable donations haven't worked. The... Oh, he got he had to settle. He got all those moldy homes. I forgot about that. Yep, so oh, that, yeah. that didn't work. The brazen display of the semi-naked younger girlfriend doesn't seem to be Mm-mm. working. I'm going to try a sympathy ploy here. Yeah. And throw myself on the mercy of the public. Yeah. Uh, He said, there's a world weariness that I can relate to a little bit. At this time, more of us are trying to tear each other down than help each other up. I just get a little weary. Leave me alone, Angelina. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, no, that's perfect, Chris. That is absolutely perfect Hollywood speak. Allure Magazine, I even, I know about this because they tweeted this a few hours ago. Um, 14 years after the debut of her Harajuku Lovers Fragrance Collection, we asked Gwen Stefani about the praise, the backlash, and the lessons The lessons she learned. What she said to us stunned us. This is Allure <laughs> Magazine. And what did she say? She told Allure Magazine, and the interviewer was a Filipino-American woman, you know, Asian-American woman. She told the woman three times that she's... Japanese. Oh. She's part Japanese. Gwen? Gwen. Wow. Three so- times she told them. <laughs> and they were stunned by it. She said, my God, I'm Japanese, she told the interviewer. And I didn't know it. That's what I realized about my Harajuku and fragrances because my father worked for Yamaha and we traveled back and forth to Japan. I mean, you can love that, but you're not that. When? Yeah, unless she's got some kind of twenty three and Me situation that no, she hasn't shared. No, she and then and then uh, here's how you know it was bad. After Allure 
printed this thing, what she said, send us. Gwen's people called Allure and said, you misunderstood what Gwen was uh, trying to say. And they're uh, like, there were two of us there and a recorder. <laughs> Have you ever had anyone ask you to unsay what you put in an interview? Uh, no, I've had people say stuff and then apparently after it appeared in print, wish they hadn't said it yes oh and that's when you know you're getting the good stuff Chris. i mean sometimes i guess you don't really know until you see it said back to you that you said that thing but it's like you know things i wouldn't have known if they hadn't said them to me yeah. so and that's awkward i mean i don't i'm not looking to get people in trouble or anything but right i guess sometimes people yeah misspeak and i'm stunned honestly that allure is still a magazine <laughs> right and that they care <laughs> anything about gwen stefani for that matter she is a new I mean, if anyone should have been selling red lipsticks years ago, it's Gwen Stefani. It's the one thing that looks the same over the last 30 years. I mean, she's experimented with lots of Gwens. Ska Gwen and Harajuku, Love Angel, Love Baby. You know, she's had a lot of personas, but sure. that red lip has always been there. Yeah. If anyone should have been selling red lips, it's Gwen Stefani. It does really work for her, too. <laughs> yeah. What do you take it uh, to mean when Tom Hanks defends the whole nepotism, nepo babies? He said this is a family business like the plumbing or furnace business. <laughs> I mean, I guess I see what he's saying. You know, kids grow up seeing a certain style of work and living and naturally maybe work themselves into it. But, yeah, I think she should shut up. Yeah, I feel like he tied tied himself in a knot trying to liken that the acting business is like the plumbing. Um, I mean, poor Tom has to deal with Chet all the time. like Like his movie, A Man Called Otto, wouldn't. It, the only reason his son is in it is because Tom Hanks is in it. That's not like the plumbing business. No. And and for that matter, Rita Wilson produced it. So, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I guess that is sort of a family business. But. Yeah, I guess. All right. Fine. Did you like that movie, A Man Called Otto? I think it's pretty good. Not great. A Man Called Ova, the original Swedish movie, was better. Okay. But I think Tom Hanks is good in it. All right. Very good. Listen, we'll be back.